so I think what we're going to do today is I'm going to review, we'll do a little meditation. We'll do a shorter meditation in the beginning. Then I'll give an abbreviated talk, which will have some guidance in it. We'll close our eyes and we'll work with some tools. And then we'll do another bigger meditation at the end. So I'm going to try and mix it up a little bit so we can ask questions and practice a few of these tools, which will be centered around cultivating rapture and tranquility. So let's sit first. Let's sit for a little bit. Get comfortable. We'll remind ourselves of the pleasure that awaits in the present moment. And let me get my bell ready here. All right, let's relax for a bit. As always, I invite you to begin your sit with three long, slow, deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. And with each, breath, with each breath, feel the body breathing, long, slow, deep breathing, in through the nose and out through the mouth. body comes with us into the present. It carries us wherever we go. It is always important when we begin our sits to ground ourselves in the awareness of being embodied. Embodied beings breathing. There's so much musculature with the human being, right? To keep us upright. So much density, so much tension and contraction in these muscles that hold our skeletal system upright throughout the day. When we begin our sits, it's really important to take a minute or two to just scan the body and bring some awareness to the density, the tension, and let it go. Find where the body is the most tense, the most contracted. And bring awareness to those parts and Take a few deep breaths while intentionally relaxing those muscles with the intention of being at ease, with the intention of being tranquil, breathing in and breathing out while relaxing the muscles of the body. The shoulders are always a good place to start. The back and the stomach. Take deep breaths into the most tense part of the body, the most dense part. 
there's any pain or constriction, contraction, sharpness, hold a spot or two in awareness and just breathe. Breathe with the intention of release. We call this process bodily fabrication. Breath, body, awareness, breathing and relaxing. And with the body in mind, we also recall the fact that we have moods and emotions that arise and pass away within the framework of the body. And as we intend to relax physically, we also intend to relax emotionally letting go of the craving, letting go of the aversion, the distress and discontent. We can leave all of that negativity outside the meditation, perhaps. You can intend to place it on the floor next to you and get back to it at a later time. We intend to be at ease emotionally as well as physically. You can encourage positive emotions by gladdening the heart, as the Buddha says, or gladdening the mind. By calling to the altar of your heart something good, something positive, something nourishing in your life. What is going well for you these days, in spite of it all? Something you're grateful for? Person or place? A pet that makes you smile? And just intentionally call up the image, the feeling of being with this person, being grateful for this experience or circumstance. We gladden the heart and gladden the mind with the intention of being at ease. The intention of being awake and aware to present moment experience with a relaxed body, open mind, and a gladdened heart. And with this positivity, we find a place to rest our awareness in the breath, in the body. Breathing in, breathing out. Breathing in calm. Breathing out stress. The pleasantness of presence. Breathing in and breathing out can be a pleasurable experience. 
find a spot in the body where you can most be in touch with the breath or most in touch with pleasant experience and make that your home base. Breathing in, breathing out.
for those who came after we started the sit, just I'll give you a quick heads up. We'll be doing some meditation throughout, so that was obviously a shorter sit just to get us in the groove. We're going to be talking about some meditation techniques tonight, so I wanted to be able to spread out our meditation a little bit so we can get some practice in. And uh, I'll do a little review from the last couple weeks of tech difficulties. All right. Okay. So one of the things we've been talking about for the last month, give or take, maybe six weeks, um, was about cultivating our factors of awakening, the qualities of heart and mind that the Buddha said when cultivated and balanced, lead to awakening, our seven enlightenment factors. And we're at the end of the list here with our pleasure factors. So we're going to talk today about um, cultivating pleasure. The pleasure factors are called rapture and tranquility. Sometimes they're called joy and calm. You can just know them as pleasure for now. That's the most important thing to note is that we do cultivate pleasure in practice. And one of the reasons, if you've been with me for a while, um, as I've been teaching the Dharma, you'll be very familiar with some of this stuff, because it is one of the things that I tend to purposefully overemphasize, because it is underemphasized um, so much in American Buddhism. So I intentionally teach this a lot, because I know a lot of students don't have as much experience with cultivating pleasure as they do with cultivating equanimity or letting go, or loving kindness, which tends to be emphasized in the West. So this is intentional that I, I am intending to be redundant until we can get these tools and cultivate them, balance them. I know I've heard some feedback from students who've started doing this and are getting very good results, so that is comforting that the instructions I'm giving are working for people who are trying this out. So today I'm going to give you several different tools to be able to work with pleasure in your meditation and uh, we'll practice it together and we can ask some questions too if we need some help with it. But first I just wanted to remind us so we're on the same page, a couple things I had mentioned uh, the last few weeks when we weren't having difficulties with tech, um, that there were several reasons why we cultivate pleasure. And it's, it's good to know why. I'm always encouraging students to know why you're practicing what you're practicing so that when you're doing it, there's a sense of intentionality intention of connecting your practice with the goal of awakening and so you can really understand why you're engaged in the practices. And so there's three main reasons why we cultivate pleasure in our meditation. One of the reasons we forget about is that learning to cultivate pleasure invites the mind to stay in the present moment. The more we learn to cultivate pleasure in the meditation, the more the present moment is inviting to the mind the longer it can stay there with ease and with a sense of well-being. So it's not just about the pleasure itself, it also contributes to the meditation. And sometimes I see the, the mind like a child. So, you know, inviting the mind into the present moment, we all know how this goes. You invite it and it stays for a minute or two and then it gets restless and it wants to think about the past or fantasize about the future. It just doesn't want to be there. And one of the reasons it doesn't want to be there is it's just not very fun and it's not used to being there. So these days I would compare it to like, you know, inviting a kiddo, like when I go see my sister and I'm with my nephews, you know, inviting my nephew to put down his iPad and 
play a game of cards is not going to happen because playing a game of cards has absolutely no joy <laughs> for him because he would much rather show me a YouTube video or something like that. So trying to get the mind to sit down and play Monopoly versus playing Xbox is just not really in the cards for it. It doesn't want to hang out in the present moment. It doesn't see that there's anything there for it. And you may know as a meditator, oh, there's there's definitely something here for the mind to take refuge in. It's not going to believe you, at least at first. So we have to give it a reason to be stable, to be uh, still. So we do cultivate pleasure in, in order to encourage the mind to be present. So we have a reason to stay in the present moment because the present moment is the doorway to freedom. So if we can't stay in the present moment, it's really hard to do the rest of the practice. So being in the present moment, learning to make it a pleasurable place, a place of ease and pleasantness is a significant part of the Buddhist teachings. Now, another reason we do this is so we will be less dependent on outside pleasure. As long as we're dependent on conditions outside of ourselves for happiness, we're going to be indentured to the outside world. We're going to be dependent on our technology, we're going to be dependent on conditions and circumstances. And the idea with Vipassana practice is that we learn to be free without needing to go outside of ourselves. And so that freedom that we're seeking is going to have to come when we can let go of more of the outside stimulation or the overstimulation and be content with what lies within. Because it's only the stuff inside that we always have access to. Sometimes friends aren't available. Sometimes the internet goes down and we can't go to our weekly meditation meeting. Sometimes all kinds of things happen. The weather, right? Someone gets sick. We can't go on a trip. We're not in a good mood. So much of our conditioned reality thwarts our pleasure, thwarts what we'd like to be doing. So having a place inside where we can take refuge in present moment pleasure is very important to the practice and really important for freedom. So the Buddha wanted us to cultivate pleasure so we can begin to let go of some of the overstimulation um, and, let's see, I would say, I don't want to use the word addiction because I don't like to use it in this con context, but the long-term habit of being dependent on sensory pleasures, I would say, that dependence that we have on the outside pleasures is really strong. And so we have to practice giving the mind a different spiritual food, as the Buddha called it. Now, the third reason the Buddha says we do this is because pleasure inside is harmless relative to pleasure outside. So the Buddha calls the cultivation of pleasure inside blameless. This is so important considering how much we need to have a sustainable happiness in this day and age with our environment. So much of the destruction of our environment is the creation and transportation of goods and those goods are the tchotchkes in our life, along with everything else that give us pleasure, right? And we tend to have a huge impact on the environment in our quest for pleasure. So having a simple and sustainable pleasure is hugely important. And Vipassana can really help with that because we can learn to really feel joy and really feel liberated without being dependent on these outside conditions. We can have less harm and less impact on the environment when we can have pleasure that we get from within. So it's hugely important to be able to do that for our own pleasure in order to keep the mind still, safe and secure, and also to live a life of wisdom and simplicity. If you think about it, 
you look at all the images of, uh, you know, wise sages on the hillside and our archetypical movie images of sages like Yoda and so on. We have these, these folks who are living in simplicity, living without things and yet are happy and wise and contented. And so you'll notice that wisdom for human beings is often equated with simplicity and ease and the ability to rest where we're at and be okay without being discontent. And so having pleasure within allows us to live a more simple, right, a more pleasurable life that is not constantly driven by and dependent on outside circumstances. So this part of the path is huge. It's like a fourth of the path, this part. Um, the last thing to know about pleasure is that the practices I'm about to show you, and you'll be familiar with probably all of them in some form or another, but when you, when you practice the tools to cultivate happiness or pleasurable sensations in meditation, each one of the tools strengthens the mind and opens the heart in a different way. So while we're practicing cultivating pleasure, we're doing a bunch of other things as well. And I'll go into that at the end of the talk tonight. But just know that this, this idea of cultivating pleasure strengthens our courage, our perseverance, our discipline. It encourages compassion to arise. It encourages balance in our life. The ability to create happiness does a bunch of other positive things for our heart and mind as well. So it's a very dynamic process. It does a lot of good for the human heart to learn to cultivate pleasure. So it's a very dynamic and complex process. So I want to go through a series of skills, most of which you're familiar with. Um, I've broken them down into four or five sections and putting them all together basically is basically Vipassana, but each one allows us to learn to cultivate pleasure in a different way. It's a different tool. And since folks aren't that used to doing it, I thought I would break it down a little bit um, so you can see how these different things work. And you can practice any one of these for your entire sit. You can pick a sit and you can practice any one of these tools uh, to learn to cultivate pleasure in your meditation. So one of the first things I wanted to describe or remind you of is the intentionality around our breathing. Our intentionality around our breathing. And this is more of a reminder than anything. But I wanted to remind us that when we sit down to meditate, we want to cultivate intention. We want to be very specific about why we're sitting. This is why we start with gratitude. This is why we remind ourselves of things that are good in our lives. This is why we start with loving kindness. We really want to be intention. Why am I sitting here? Why am I spending time out of my day? Why did I turn off the TV and close my eyes and go inward? Why did I close off the world for a spell and go inside? And we want to be really intentional about our breathing because it is the continuity of being with our breath that begins to produce pleasure in our meditation. The ability to really be present with every moment of breathing, every single millisecond of breath in and out, by being with each tiny moment of breath, we will have continuity of awareness. And I know all of you have heard me talk about this before. Continuity of practice really is the key to creating much of what we learn as the foundation of meditation. So an example of this, just as a refresher, when we breathe, right? When we breathe, I would encourage you sometimes to practice this, that as you inhale, when you take an inhale, the, the belly is going to expand, right? The belly is going to expand on the inhale. And you can 
be aware of the entire expansion from first intention to that very peak of expansion of the belly and the abdomen. That entire expansion, that whole physical sensation has so many moments in it. So you can hold your attention with the intention of noticing the entire process of the inhale. And at the very end of the inhale, gently press out the belly. Now this is really gentle. This isn't like a yoga exercise, but gently press out the belly at the end and notice how it opens up just a little more at the end of the inhale and lets a little bit more air into the belly. That intention to watch and be aware of the full expansion at the peak of the breath, we then gently press the belly out just a little bit, half an inch. And then we wait a second and feel all of the contraction as the rest of the breath comes out. Every little movement of that body contracting all the way down through the exhale. And then at the end of the exhale, we tuck our belly in just slightly, just slightly at the end of the exhale. And it encourages the last bit of breath to come out. If you do that a few times in your meditation, you'll realize that this breath has an in and out, a beginning, a middle, an end. And by bookending it this way, at the peak of the breath, push out slightly, at the collapse of the breath, tuck in gently. This is a way of really getting into continuity of breathing. This allows you to be really in touch with every little moment of this in and out breath. There are a lot of ways to do it, but it's just one way I wanted to remind you to encourage continuity in your in your breath practice. Be with every moment, the full inhale to start from start to finish and the full exhale all the way down to that last little tuck at the end. If you do that, you'll find that your breathing will become longer and slower and deeper and that can be very restful in your meditation. So I wanted to take two minutes here to practice this just to have the experience. I want you to take several breaths in and out, slow and deep. You can close your eyes. And at the peak of the breath, just gently press out the belly. And at the end of the breath, gently tuck in. Just pull in slightly with your stomach muscles. And see if you can be aware of every microsecond of breathing from start to finish. And just do that three or four times. Breathing intentionally 
is really important, and I'll, I'll explore this a little bit more in a bit, but breathing intentionally can feel contrived in the beginning until it becomes habit. And then you begin to realize that there's so much autopilot that goes on with breathing. So on occasion to really breathe in a way that feels comfortable, really where you're attending to each and every breath, this can increase concentration and it will increase a sense of ease and tranquility in your practice. And that is just one way that we begin to cultivate the sense of pleasure in our meditation, to be really attentive to breathing in the smallest and most focused fashion that we can. So I always encourage people, when you start your meditation, breathe really deep in, breathe really deep out, long, slow breathing with intentionality. And that is why we do that, to get the mind really intentional with continuity of contact with the experience. Now, another aspect of cultivating pleasure has to do with being able to notice it. And this is not something we spend too much time on, usually. Unless we're meditators, then we may spend a lot of time on it. But in general, we don't spend too much time. And Seraphine, I saw you raise your hand. I'll get to your question in a second. Um, so I really wanted to distinguish what the sensations are and remind us what sensations we might be able to notice in our practice related to pleasure. Because these sometimes are new for people. We have brand new sensations that it can arise in meditation. And if meditation is done properly, at some point in your meditation, you're gonna have all kinds of interesting sensations you've never experienced before. So I wanted to remind us that there's three groups of sensation that we can experience, positive, neutral, and negative or dense sensation or aversive, aversive sensations. Now, Painful sensations are easy because we're so attuned to painful sensations because most of the time we want to get away from them. So painful sensations might be sharpness, tightness, contraction of the muscles. It could also be density, parts of the body that feel very dense. That's considered the negative side of our internal experience, those tight, dense, sharp, contracted sensations. And so when we're doing our meditation and as you're moving awareness into your body, when you find those spots, just take note. Oh, here's some density. There's some tension here. There's some aversion that's being experienced in the very muscle. That contraction requires tightness and aversion at the level of our physicality. So we're, we're looking for that kind of stuff in our meditation and learning to become in tune with it, to sharpen our awareness so we can really feel these dense, contracted, intense sensations. Now the opposite of that, the pleasurable sensations can be physical or emotional. Now oftentimes it's characterized by tingling, a sense of lightness, a sense of what we call free flow, which means you can actually feel kind of energy moving throughout the body, kind of a tingling, a lightness, and a flowing of energy. That's considered a pleasurable sensation. That's considered the cultivation of pleasure, these tingling and light sensations. We're not necessarily looking for these ecstatic experiences. We might just be looking for lightness, expansiveness, a sense of openness and spaciousness. All of that falls under our pleasure sensations. So when we're meditating, it's important to know when we say cultivating pleasure, what we're really talking about is openness, spaciousness, a free flowing of energy, a tingling, Sometimes it can be a sense of alertness, 
like you just drank a cup of coffee and you're a little bit alert, a little bit stimulated, and a little bit kind of euphoric. You got that kind of bump in your step, so to speak. It's that kind of positivity that we have when we're talking about cultivating rapture <clears throat> and tranquility. So contraction versus expansion, density versus free flow, this is the difference between our negative spectrum and our more positive spectrum when we're trying to cultivate pleasure. Oftentimes when I encourage students to cultivate pleasure, sometimes we don't know what the sensations are and we're looking in the wrong place, or we already have quite a bit of pleasant sensation, but we're overlooking it because we're looking for something else. The other sensations you might have in your meditation are the neutral ones. And it can be helpful to remember that neutrality in our meditation at the physical level is often experienced as a dullness of awareness or a haziness to your consciousness or blind spots on the body. Meaning that you're trying to bring your awareness to the breath, but you can't feel yourself breathing. It's kind of a dull, hazy, it's the absence of sharpness, of course. There's a dull, hazy, vague sensation to consciousness. That's our neutral set of sensations where we can't really get the pleasure. They're not painful. They're not contracted. They're just kind of blank. They're just kind of hazy or foggy. These three qualities of consciousness are important to distinguish in awareness because the more we can get attuned, the sharper the mind can get to be in touch with these sensations, the easier it will be to cultivate pleasure. We'll really get a feel for what those pleasurable sensations feel like and look like when they arise. We'll notice them being more subtle at times. And when I explain to you a couple other techniques, you'll see why. But it's just good to remember what the sensations are that you're actually looking for for rapture and tranquility. We're going to do another, um, another thing I wanted to talk about. And we'll combine these two exercises in a second. But another thing that we learn to do in order to cultivate pleasurable sensations in the body is we learn to expand and contract awareness the way we do with a, like the same thing that you do with a camera lens. Moving awareness from a small area of the body to a large area of the body. So learning to take awareness and hone it in on a small portion of the body and hold it and then slowly expand it to encompass larger portion of the body, that skill to be able to do just that is very important with learning to cultivate pleasurable sensations. Now an example would be as if I had my hand and I started by taking my whole hand in awareness, like I took my whole hand in awareness and I held it there for maybe 30 seconds or so and really felt it all as a hand and then I shrink my awareness, I sharpen it, and I just try and feel my pinky. And I see if I can bring awareness just to one little part of this hole. And I hold it in that spot for a minute or two. And then I would expand back out to incorporate the whole hand. And I might move back and forth, contracting and expanding at regular intervals and see if I can keep my concentration and see the difference in sensations between the large focus and the sharp focus. It's the exact same thing you do with a camera when you do the autofocus and you move in and out with a camera or an iPhone or you put on a telescopic lens onto a camera like we used to do. Um, so learning to be able to expand and contract your awareness 
is one of those skills we don't talk about too much, but it is something that needs to be practiced in relationship to learning what to do with this happiness factor, these pleasurable sensations that we're talking about. So I wanna just do, again, just a two, three minute experiment. So I'm gonna ask you to do a couple things. So close your eyes, get comfortable, and we're gonna do this exercise on a couple different parts of the body, just so you can feel what this is like, so we can put it into real practice. The first thing I'm gonna ask you to do is take your awareness and just do a quick scan of your body. And I want you to find in this moment, what is the most dense part of the body? What is the most tense, dense, contracted part of the body in this moment? See if you can just explore around a little and where do you find density, heaviness, tension? Is there any part of the body more so than others that may have a little density to it. And it helps sometimes to bring awareness into your thicker muscles, like your quadriceps, the muscles in the front part of your legs between the knee and the thigh, dense muscles in the legs, muscles in the shoulders, back of the neck oftentimes has a dense sensation to it. Where in the body is there heaviness of sensations? Now similarly, are there any parts of the body that have lighter sensations compared to that? Is there any part of the body that has any lightness? tingling. For these kind of sensations, sometimes it's easier to check the hands and feet. Sometimes you can feel tingling in the fingertips. Lightness of sensation. Sometimes you can find it on the face as well, or the top of the head for some reason, often can have tingly, light, energetic sensations. Where might you find lighter sensations in this moment? In the body. Now we're going to combine this experience with our previous discussion and I want you to once again find a part on the body that has some density to it, some tension where you can really feel the form of the body and hold your awareness there. Create a boundary with awareness on some part of the body I would suggest you think of it in terms of a significant piece of the body. So five, six inches, not something tiny, but, but a good piece of the body. Bring awareness and see if you can 
hold the part of the body that's got a little bit of density to it in awareness. And intend for the mind to stay there. Hold it in awareness. See if you can keep it there for a minute without the mind wandering away. to invite you to narrow your awareness the same part of the body but shrink it down contract awareness down to a small little piece but in the same place but just a smaller object can you narrow awareness to a smaller piece of that part of the body see how narrow of the space you can be aware of while still holding it in attention. So in, instead of a five or six or seven inches, maybe it's an inch or two. Can you narrow awareness? Now this is not easy. It takes practice and intention, so don't get discouraged if it doesn't really happen for you the way you're intending. But the main thing is to intend. Bring a part of your body into awareness and then narrow that awareness. See if you can maintain that for a minute. Notice if the sensations change. We started with an intention of exploring density. Has it changed in that small spot? Now see if you can expand awareness back out again to take in that whole area. So we expand awareness to take in the larger portion of the body, whatever body part you're using, expand back out, holding it in awareness. Notice if there's any changes in sensations. Let's move awareness to one of your hands. Pick a hand, any hand, 
and bring the whole hand into awareness. As much of the hand as possible, hold it gently, lovingly, in awareness. What does my hand feel like in this moment? And in the spirit of the second foundation of mindfulness, ask yourself, what kind of sensations are my experiencing? Are they dense and hard, contracted? Can I feel lightness and tingling, perhaps heat or cold? But take in the whole hand and really see all the different sensations in the hand as a whole and just hold it in awareness. Notice if sensations change, tingling becomes density, density becomes tingling. Watch for the changes while holding the whole hand in awareness. And once again, let's narrow awareness, contract our awareness down to a smaller object. Pick a finger on that hand. Can you just bring that finger into awareness? What does your thumb feel like? Can you be aware of your thumb in this present moment? Note the sensations. In the beginning of practice, clarity will be something you're working towards. It will be challenging to keep smaller objects in awareness. But we make our effort, always with self-compassion, but with patience and persistence. Move your awareness to a different finger Try your pinky, your ring finger. You might start by finding out which finger has the most sensations, which one is easiest to bring into awareness. And what sensations are you noticing? If there are blind spots, as we say, if you're 
efforts to bring awareness to a finger and you can't really feel the fingers, then we simply bring awareness to where we think the fingers are and we wait. We just hold awareness in that kind of hazy spot and with time, sensations will arise. And one last time, let's bring awareness back out to the whole hand. What does it feel like now, in this moment, your hand? Take note of pleasant sensations, neutral sensations, and negative or aversive sensations. This kind of practice may seem absurd to you. It may seem to be the most boring and ridiculous thing ever, and I totally get that. This practice, though, helps us to understand the capacity of consciousness. As you get more mature in practice, the ability to expand and contract will be really helpful to manage pain, to manage pleasure, to increase concentration. So sometimes it's really helpful to break the practices down into pieces and really focus on a particular skill. It's very similar to if I was going to learn to play basketball. One day I might just practice a particular shot. Sometimes I'll practice dribbling. Maybe I'll do weightlifting. Maybe I'll practice defense. Eventually I have to put it all together. But all of the little skills can be broken up into pieces and I can get more comfortable and used to doing certain things in my practice if I spend some time. And I would certainly invite you when you do your practices, especially for those of you who are getting to the point where you can sit longer, that you spend some portion of your practice with a specific technique and you really get into it so you can practice strengthening some of these skills. So what we've talked about here is getting in touch with the sensations, right? In order to cultivate positive sensations, we have to be able to explore the nooks and crannies. We have to be able to expand our awareness. We need to be able to contract the awareness around a sensation. We need to be able to be in tune with the sensation, the density, the subtleness. We have to be able to be both narrow and contracted and in tuned with the sensation. Those are some basic skills around cultivating tranquility and rapture factors. Now another part of this set of tools has to do with the ability to encourage sensations to move in the body. To encourage sensations to move in the body. And so this is the third part, and this will begin to make more and more sense as you put the parts together. 
how do we encourage and why would we encourage sensations to do something? We have to remember that this part of the path is the very active part. We're doing things. We're changing things. We're inviting things to happen. This is the opposite of the equanimity part, which is letting go and not doing something. So it's very different from the other part of the teeter-totter, as you guys are all familiar with. This is the investigation part, where we investigate karma, cause and effect. What can I do to change how I feel in this moment? So we practice in meditation how to encourage sensations to grow and to move and to fill the body. So the way we do this, and before we do it meditatively, I'm just going to explain it sort of visually here. Um, the way we do this is quite simple. So what we're going to do is like if, we take, if I were to take my hand in awareness, I would wrap awareness around the hand, getting as much of the hand in awareness as possible. And then I would attune to the sensation. Now, 99% of the time, what we're attuning to is the most pleasant and light sensation we can feel in that part of the body. We want to get in tune with that tingly, the lightness, the expansion, the openness that's in the hand. And we want to bring awareness to it and we want to hold it like we were earlier. So again, we've already been practicing that. We were going to hold the sensation in the hand, but then we're going to take it one step further. We're then going to take awareness and move awareness into the next part of the body and literally invite that sensation to come with us. So what we're doing is we're taking a pleasant sensation in a certain part of the body and we're inviting it to move and expand further into the adjacent part of the body. Now, when we do this, we don't do it with force. It's an invitation for awareness to carry the sensation gently from the hand, then into, say, the arm, down into the wrist and into the elbow. And this invitation has to be done with a sense of intention combined with allowing it to happen naturally. We can't force this to happen. What we are doing is inviting a new relationship to occur between ourselves and this sensation. We're saying, oh look, there's some pleasantness in my hand. I'm going to invite and allow this sensation to fill my whole arm. So I'm going to use awareness as a vehicle and I'm going to bring awareness and I'm going to gently brush using awareness down into my arm and carry with it pleasant sensations. This takes practice, mind you. But the main thing is to know that in any part of the body, you can bring awareness to a pleasant sensation, you can hold it in awareness, and then you can invite it to move along with awareness and you can direct it and encourage it to fill more parts of the body. Now, in order to be able to do that, of course, you must first be able to really hold something in awareness. You must be able to attune to the pleasant sensations. And this is the third step, which is to be able to then move those pleasant sensations to more parts of the body. And this is a process. This is a process of establishing tranquility or rapture. And this is one of the tools that the Buddha encourages us to learn how to do, is to invite awareness to be a vehicle for pleasurable sensations.
and to move them from one part to the other. Now, in the beginning of practicing this, it's going to seem really strange because we're so used to not doing anything. And so for many, many people, this is a big leap in Vipassana experience to cultivate and fill the body with a particular uh, sensation. And unless you've had jhana training, you probably haven't heard of this very much at all. So keep in mind that one can locate, hold in awareness, and then invite a sensation to move and fill another part of the body. The easiest way to do this is with gentle intention. You intend, but you allow. You don't want to force it. If you try and force it, not going to happen. It has to be done with grace and ease. It has to be done with a sense of caring and gentleness. And really, if you hold awareness at a certain part of the body that has a light sensation, if you hold it there long enough and you keep inviting it to move, it will move on its own. The awareness is just a gentle encouragement of allowing it to flow into the next part of the body. And you'll see how this works with practice. It becomes very uh, intuitive, if you will, over time. Um, but it's something that takes some practice and some skill, and it combines these other two things that I've been talking about. The holding of something in awareness, the attunement to the sensation in detail, and now the third part, which is the moving and the flowing, intentionally flowing a certain sensation into a part of the body. So I want us to practice this for a couple minutes, putting these three tools together into one practice. What I'm going to encourage you to do, we'll do the arm because the arm, for at least in my experience, uh, can be an easier one to start with. So what I'm going to encourage you to do is to bring your awareness back to the hand, the hand that you were using before. Bring your awareness to the hand and really hold it with intention, with care and ease, but really... What does that hand feel like in this moment? And then again, in the spirit of the second foundation of mindfulness, really get in tune with any light sensations that you can feel there. What is the lightest, most tingly, energetic sensation you can feel in this moment in the hand? And again, if it's all the same, if it's a little dull and hazy, no problem. Just keep awareness on whatever part you can bring into awareness, whatever you can bring into awareness, but find the most pleasant, the most light, the most tingly sensation. Hands tend to be tingly, so you can rest awareness in there. And really feel the touching of awareness on the sensation. Really make contact. Really allow awareness to kind of sink down into the muscle or the finger and really wrap around that sensation and hold it. The mind may wander. If so, we bring it back. It's just the natural way the mind is. Holding some attunement of pleasure, lightness in the hand, in awareness. 
when you have a sense of it and it really feels like you're really in direct contact with the sensation I then want you to with a gentle intention move your awareness with that sensation a little bit further out of your hand and into your wrist can you invite that sensation to flow out of the hand carried by awareness of course into the wrist ever so gently This is about inviting and allowing, tending those pleasant sensations to fill more of the body. And if it doesn't flow into the wrist, just bring awareness to the wrist and see if any of those sensations are already there and try and connect them, connect the two parts. Find the similar sensation and bring the wrist and hand into awareness in direct attunement with what we call pleasure, light sensations, whatever those may be for you in this moment. And with that same gentle intention, using awareness kind of like a broom or a brush, can you invite those sensations to move up the arm into the forearm and the elbow? Always keeping direct contact with the sensations, we're really bringing awareness into the depth of the body working with the second foundation of mindfulness and the first foundation gently allowing energy to move not with force but with kindness and if the mind wanders you feel out of touch with the sensation we go back to the hand and find the sensation again get back in touch with it what does it feel like and when that bond has been refixed we then encourage it again to move into the wrist into the arm using awareness gently carrying light sensations of energy into the other part of the body. Keep in mind that where awareness goes, energy goes naturally. It's a natural process. 
we're not as much learning how to move sensations, but learning to invite them to do what they do naturally. We're just encouraging a natural process to happen, something that happens all the time, but now we're doing it with intention, with wakefulness, with awareness. And see if you can, while still being in touch with that sensation, bring awareness all the way up the arm to the shoulder. Can you invite that lightness from the hand to really fill the whole arm up to the shoulder? Gentle coaxing, no force necessary. This is not a war. This is a gentle invitation for the expansion and flow of energy in the body using awareness. Let's contract awareness back down to the hand, just holding the lightness of hand in awareness. What does the hand in this moment feel like? Reminding us where we started. This process is one of the primary ways that the Buddha describes cultivating rapture and tranquility, taking it into a bigger picture. As we learn to become comfortable in the present moment, as we learn to become more concentrated and continuous with mindfulness, we will notice that more and more parts of the body will light up with pleasant sensations, with light, tingling, pleasant sensations that move throughout the body. At the point that you have some of that, the next instruction is to bring those sensations into awareness and encourage them to spread throughout the body to fill the whole body, full body sensations. And with practice, this is what it means to cultivate the sensation of rapture, to cultivate the sensation of tranquility. These pleasurable sensations are cultivated through a gentle, intentional practice, using awareness, using our first foundation of mindfulness, which is that ability to really bring awareness fully into the body, full body awareness, breath body as we call it, and to move into our second foundation, which is those physical sensations, really getting in touch with them, so much so that we begin to spread them throughout the body. This gives us a very solid, comfortable place to be in the present moment. 
where the rest of our practice unfolds quite naturally with our ability to do this. And it's one of those things you can't force. It's one of those things that has to come naturally. Again, it's invite and allow. Invite and allow. It's like inviting someone to a party, but if they don't want to come, we don't get mad. We don't get hurt. It's nothing personal. We just, it's like, okay, if you just want to stay in the hand right now, that's fine. We're just going to be with the hand. And then, you know, after the hand gets comfortable, maybe you invite them again. And you just do it gently. It's gentle reminders of awareness. It's really a gentle practice. It's nothing that's forced. The gentler you can be and the more patient you can be, the easier and the more acute those sensations will be for yourself and the more pleasurable it will become over time. And again, for most of you, this is a, a brand new, probably for some of you, experience. Um, so it's one of those things you just have to practice with and experiment with uh, and play around with a little bit <clears throat> so you can see how the mind and the emotions and the body react. Now there is one, well, let me ask this. Is there any questions about that experience? And then I'll give you one last tool to play with around this that has to do with the breath and you'll start to see how dynamic this can really be. But if someone wants to throw up a blue hand, I will happy to answer any question or wants to describe the experience you just had. I will give you a shout out. If not, I will talk about breathing. Okay, no questions, that's fine. All right, let's talk about this in relationship to breathing. Let's talk about it in relationship to breathing. So I know you guys have heard me talk about breath energy and sometimes some of the Thai forest folks call it breath body. And what I, when I've talked about this in the past, what I've talked about is this idea that we, that's just hugely important to remember is that the whole body is breathing. The whole body, every time we inhale, every time we exhale, that metabolic reaction is impacting every millimeter, every micrometer, so to speak, of the body is being transformed. Energy is lighting up. Every part of the body is being lit up with breathing. So we can be in touch with breathing anywhere in the body. We can breathe while we have awareness on the tip of our nose. Our tip of our nose is changing energetically every moment with every in-out breath. Glucose is being burned. Energy is being moved, energy is being excited, moving through the body. Every in and out breath changes the way every part of the body feels. And we can be present to the richness of that experience. So oftentimes I'll say breathe into your hand or breathe into your face or breathe into your arms. And what I mean by that is with each breath, awareness can be in touch with all of the movement of sensations that are happening in that part of the body. And with practice, one does establish the first foundation of mindfulness, which is full body awareness, in which with each in and out breath, the entire body becomes visible in awareness. Every little spot on the body lights up with this breath energy, with this in-out breathing. This mind-body phenomenon is lit up with this energy. And the breath and awareness are so intimately connected. With that in mind... We can apply that to this tool here in cultivating pleasant sensations in the body. We can use the same idea of breath work 
for tranquility and rapture. Now the way it's done would be something like this. And it's just, it's just a deeper, I want to say deeper. Let's see, what word do I want to use? It's not a deeper version of the practice. It's a, hmm, it is a more, maybe comprehensive might be the word. It's just a more comprehensive version because you're doing more so the process is more stable. And so what I mean by that, so again, let's take our hands and arms as an example, just because a lot of people feel stuff there usually. So what you can do in your practice, once you get stable in the present moment, once there's some continuity, and always remember, we got to have some continuity of mindfulness for any of this to work. So it might be that in your practice, there's just too much wandering mind right now to really feel pleasant sensations, and that's fine. The practice will unfold in its natural pace. So don't feel bad if it's very abstract. This will give you something to shoot for as you become more mature in practice. Or if you go on retreat, this will be fairly obvious. But um, don't feel bad if it's not something that's coming into awareness right now. It will come into awareness naturally. But once you have established some continuity of mindfulness, some samadhi, which is one of our enlightenment factors, through mindfulness, which is one of our other enlightenment factors, now what we can do is we can learn to cultivate this tranquility with our breath. And so the way this works is we do exactly what we were just doing, except we add breathing as part of the process. So what I mean by that is what you would do is you would start at your hand, bring your hand into awareness, and you would take a long, slow, deep breath. And as that breath comes in, you would move awareness up your hand, timed with the breathing, all the way up to the shoulder, and then as you exhale, you take your awareness and you allow awareness to move all the way down through the fingertips. Now the image that we use here is you imagine the breath going into the hand and you imagine that awareness is carrying that breath all the way up to the shoulder and then allowing it to drift all the way back out. Breath energy. It's a combination of breathing and awareness of body simultaneously. So what you're doing is what we call breathe into the hand and bring awareness and energy up to the shoulder. And then we breathe out and we breathe out the arm and out the fingertips. But you're never losing contact with the body with awareness. Remember, it's always feeling and breathing and being aware. So it's a more comprehensive version of what we just did. And you're using breath to excite the energy in the arm and the hand. You're using breathing as part of the process. And this process can be done in really fun ways. You can breathe in through one hand, bring that breath energy in, go all the way up across the body and breathe out the other hand, using awareness to bring that breath energy in and then allowing it to flow out. Remember, it's intend and allow we're not going to force the breath energy. We're not going to be struggling or fighting or going to war with the mind. This is a very gentle invitation to breathe in. While we're breathing in, we make contact with the body at the hand. We breathe in and watch that awareness come all the way up, feeling all the sensations, all the energy changes. And then at the exhale, all the energy changes that go out the other hand. We can do this with any part of the body. We can breathe into the face, 
filling that with our breath energy sensations. We can breathe into the legs. What this does is it frees up the tension in the body, right? It frees up the tension. It encourages and invites tranquility and rapture to arise. It allows us to increase concentration by keeping our breath and awareness in sync. This is a very common practice in the Thai forest tradition when they use this to cultivate tranquility and rapture. And again, it takes practice, it takes patience, and it has to be done gently with a certain kindness in your heart. But it's really fun. And once you get the hang of it, when you're stressed out to be able to breathe into one foot and bring that energy up into the leg and breathe out your arm, sweeping the energy and awareness into the body and moving the pleasure throughout is a hugely healing experience. It is one of the great benefits of meditation that we can learn to cultivate energy in this way. Um, it's restful, it's stimulating, it can be very invigorating. Um, and it, again, the process of doing this strengthens all of our enlightenment factors and all of these little skills. And what I'll do, uh, well, I guess I can do it now. Let me, let me just go through these tools that we, I just gave you and just remind you what it strengthens. I just wanted to just show you how all of this strengthens in your meditation. And these are things we've talked about, but I just wanted to pull it together. When we establish continuity of awareness, when you bring awareness to the hand and you hold it, that is increasing strength, mental strength. It's also increasing mental clarity and it's increasing concentration. So if I spend five or 10 minutes in a meditation, moving awareness from the whole hand just to the tip of my finger, back and forth, easily and effortlessly, really getting in touch with the sensations, looking at each finger and then coming back to the hand, that is strengthening a mental muscle. It's giving you mental clarity and it's giving you concentration. So that's what you're working on if you were to practice that. If you were to spend a whole meditation just scanning the body, feeling neutral sensations, finding some pleasant sensations, and then maybe trying to find a dense sensation somewhere. We're cultivating the second foundation of mindfulness. We're getting in tuned and we're clear clearing a path for us to really have deep, rich emotions. So being in touch with these sensations, the positive, negative, and neutral is a really helpful way to gain a richer emotional experience in your life. And so by doing it in meditation, you will find your emotions will be, they'll have a richer texture, they'll be more vibrant, and you'll be much more in tune with them. So this is not just about cultivating pleasure. This is about learning the skill to be in tune with emotions. This is just one way of doing it. Similarly, when I bring awareness to my hand, and then I shrink it down and just meditate on my finger, and bring it back to the hand, this is increasing mental flexibility, mental acuity. This really helps us to develop this psychosomatic muscle, so to speak. And it can be very helpful for more mature meditation practices. As you get more skilled in meditation, the ability to deal with pain can improve if you can move awareness from larger to smaller parts of the body. So it has a function outside of what we've been doing today, just the, the basic practice. Another part of this is karma. Karma tells us that we play a role in shaping how we feel moment to moment. Our feelings are made up of our body, 
our feelings are a process of our physicality, our breathing, our awareness, our thoughts. By breathing into one's hand and sweeping positive energy up into the arm, we're exploring the nature of causality. What happens when I breathe and move awareness in a particular way? Oh my gosh, it changes my mood. It changes my stress level. This is about karma. This is about learning cause and effect. So the depth through which these small practices of just breathing into your hand and bringing gentle energy up can have a huge impact on your ability to understand how emotions are actually formed, how suffering is formed, how happiness is formed. So you're building the skills, the foundational skills to end your suffering. All of these tools that we've talked about and kind of played around with this evening, remember the goal is suffering the absence of and happiness, the cultivation of. So all of these skills build up to your ability to decrease suffering and increase happiness. It's important to remember that suffering is a construct. It's constructed by how we bring our heart and mind to the present moment. It's a construct. It's about how we hold our body. It's about how we hold our heart. It's about how we intend to be in relationship to others. And by practicing different ways of cultivating pleasure in the body, we gain insight into how suffering is actually formed in consciousness and it teaches us to unform it, to let it go. So that may be very abstract for any one of us in this moment, but I just wanted to put that out there so you can plant these seeds of understanding that all of these little techniques, though they may seem insignificant, they may seem boring, they may seem useless, and that's a very common response when you're learning a variety of little techniques. It can seem very like, I mean, who wants to spend time meditating on a pinky? I mean, what is this really, right? But doing it in this way really builds. We're doing micro skills, as we say in psychology, and we're building macro skills, which lead to the end of suffering. We're putting all of these tools together and putting them into a full Vipassana practice, a full insight meditation, where we learn to cultivate tranquility and joy in our hearts and our minds. And these tools will get you started on doing that. So I'd really encourage you to work them into your practice. Practice them several times a week in different ways. Combine them. Find joy in experimentation. Remember that meditation is about getting to know yourself. It's about playing around with this science experiment that we are. This heart-mind phenomenon is well worth exploring. And you'll find so much insight into who you are as a person. And you'll gain depth of emotion and so on, like I said earlier. So give yourself permission to play in your meditation. Because we don't often give ourselves permission to experiment and explore. See it as an adventure. See if you can breathe into one foot and breathe out a different hand. See if you can spread awareness into your nose or into your forehead. Really practice with this and see what your mind and heart are capable of. I promise you it will be a joyful ride if you give yourself permission to really get into it. And there's so many ways that you can customize this for your own personality and your own moment-to-moment -moment need. And the reason I'm always giving you so many different tools is that I'm really committed to people understanding that you can customize your meditation practice. I want to give you as many tools as possible so at any given moment, you'll be able to reach into your toolbox and say, oh, that's right, I can try this other thing right now. I don't just have to do this one thing. I've got these three other things that I might be used right now for to relax or to decrease stress or something like that. So see it as an adventure. Try this stuff out. Um, hit me back on email if you have questions. 
Um, we'll just keep working with this stuff as we go through and learn deeper, deeper aspects of Vipassana. I remember telling you before that one of my commitments is that you get to learn many more of these subtle Vipassana skills. So this is just one of those days where we're getting into that part of it. I guess that would be it. That's all I've got on that end of that Dharma talk. And that also concludes, like I said, this concludes about six weeks of talking about cultivating the enlightenment factor. So if you're new to the group, Go to podbean.com, type in my name, type in Wednesday Wake Up, and listen for the last four or five weeks, listen to them in order, and you'll see this huge buildup of tools and techniques step by step on how to cultivate. What we did tonight is really a buildup of about six or seven Dharma talks. So if any of this was confusing or you would like to get a deeper understanding, I would backtrack to the last six or seven talks. We've got 17 on them now. I can't believe it. Um, and check in with those, and you will see how this all comes together. And I would be more than happy to do a Dharma consult. Um, I do those 20-minute consults that we have at PIMC. If someone needs some kind of feedback on how to customize this to your practice or you're really confused, um, I'm here for you. So feel free to, to give a shout-out, and I would be happy to check this out with you personally. We have a couple more minutes, so I did want to do some meta. If there's any last-minute questions, shoot up a hand, and I'll take a question. Otherwise, we'll um, we'll do some loving kindness and give a shout-out to the world for them to share in our merits. Let us relax into the present moment for a minute or two and remind ourselves that we do not practice just for ourselves, but we always practice for other beings. So settle back into the body. For a minute or two, let's really get back in touch with why we're here, why we practice. Embodied beings breathing, take a deep breath in, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Breathe in, breathe out. Let us remember that our highest aspiration really is awakening because when we are awake, everyone we touch in our lives can share in the merit of an unbounded compassion. They can share in unbounded wisdom, unbounded joy, unbounded tranquility. We invite the world to share in the merits of our practice. We come together week to week here in this Sangha so we can care and love for each other. We can be transformed in the spirit of the Dharma. We can gain wisdom and compassion, joy and equanimity. We can bring balance to our lives so needed in the world. And then we contend for this joy, this compassion, this wisdom to be offered to all beings. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings share in the compassion of our practice. May every being we touch in our lives be benefited by our wisdom, by our meditative efforts. May our friends and our family, all living beings, experience the joy that is the result of our meditation practice. May all beings know freedom, know love, know awakening in this lifetime. May all beings feel safe and secure. 
May all beings be well in a time of such sickness. May we be courageous, persistent, and loving in our practice. May all beings be free. Thank you, my friends. So much fun. Thank you for showing up.